Yeah. It's time, baby. He's a very tall man who really loves tunes. Can you climb the mountain? Will you be approved? It's the Mountain Jew Review. It's the Mountain Jew Review. Welcome to the Mountain Jew Review. Again, find something different, we'll start saying it. We today have the godfather of local hip-hop. We have one of my all-time favorites and probably the number one reason why I support every one of you guys here. If it was not for this man and my seventh grade habit of licking the back of somebody's hand and sneaking into the ranch bowl by stealing their stamp and watching Noise Wave, I would not be here today for you guys. We have the one, the only, Surreal. What up? Thanks for having me. Um, thank you for being here, Surreal. Yeah. This is uh, a great opportunity. Um, you guys will catch a little inside <laughs> knowledge. Uh, nothing that you probably haven't already heard if you haven't talked to Surreal. Surreal talks to everyone. This guy shows everybody love. If you go back a few episodes, watch the Comatose episode, it inspired Comatose to show the scene love. So again, seven ways to surreal, and we have absolutely one way to surreal right now. <clears throat> so um, let's just dive right in, because um, surprisingly, surreal, I've talked to a few artists that have no idea who surreal. They know who you are, but they don't know who Noise Wave is. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and noise, that, that I to mean... me is kind of crazy that <laughs> Noise Wave is almost forgotten on the younger community. Um, you talk to the older cats that have been around, yeah. and they they just... Um, we had Bodes on here, and you were probably one of the heaviest influences to Bodes with uh, Say Hi to Jimmy and all kinds of... like he. It, it's awesome. Um, so let's just dive in. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? 
Uh, born in Omaha, grew up, went to high school over in Council Bluffs, across the river. Uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, if you're watching, somewhere other than the Midwest. Um, yeah, just got involved uh, in hip-hop at an early age, uh, in the 80s, and I don't know, it's always been something that I've been in love with, and I'm kind of veering off your question, but... No, but... <laughs> but bringing it back. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I've traveled quite a bit in the, the States. I've only been, I've been to Mexico twice. That's the only times I've been out of the country so far, but I've only lived, I've lived a couple places in Nebraska and a couple places in Iowa. I've only actually lived, lived in the Midwest, so... Oh, maybe I need to shake that up a little bit. He did 311 <laughs> us when noise waves started getting big, you know? <laughs> Again, everybody shits on 311, but I'll tell you this. Um, they went where their fan base was, you know? I'm not going to lie. They they probably had a bigger fan base in California than they did here, and they went where it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I mean, respect to those guys. They're still touring I and mean, stuff. You guys will learn where your streaming numbers are. That's where you need to hit for cities on tours and yeah, stuff like idea. that. I mean, don't get hooked on having such a hometown buildup because um, 21 Pilots, they have a great song about how their hometown don't even know who they are. You know, well, clearly they know who they are now. But oh, yeah. when the, the, the when the song came out, they were like, our hometown barely knows us, and they only know us because we're blowing up. Are they from Philadelphia? Where are they from? Um, Some place in, I think Dayton, Ohio. Ohio, okay. I think there's some place in Ohio. But it was just, it's really good. I just find that funny because that's how it is, guys. Um, some of you will blow up out of states. Again, Surreal was able to tour the states for quite some time. Quite, yeah, quite, quite yeah. a few years. Quite a few years, yeah. Um, party hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, noise wave. Like, um, <laughs> one of the best uh, descriptions I've ever heard of your earlier stuff. Because, again, Surreal now is just so peaceful and... Namaste and copacetic that if you listen to his angry earlier stuff, you will have a hard time believing it's surreal. Um, I played Dirty Butt Sex for my mom, and she looked oh, at wow. me and said, I cannot believe this is Zach. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, we recorded that in 99, 1999, so what, 22 years ago. That got in the CD that was on, came out in January or February of 2000. Yep. Because so. I was a freshman. Wow. <laughs> I remember when that come out. I was, it was one of the hottest things for like, okay, so I was a juggalo in high school, real big juggalo. So for us to have a legit underground hip hop act that was professional sounding and raw and didn't give crap. And you guys were like the best mix of like Beastie Boys, NWA, and Gigi Allen. It was, like, the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And, like, so it clicked real well with a lot of the underground guys here. And I just, re to this day, there's still kids from high school I talk to that we still bring up going to noise wave concerts. That's awesome. It's kind of funny that you said that because I think what we were kind of shooting for was a mix of, like, a Gigi Allen or early Deftones meets, like, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and then Two Live Crews, who we would use. But NWA's, you know, that's... I that I did, one of AP's I did that favorites, with so. more of the aggressive raps, especially oh, yeah, when it comes yeah. down to like Jimmy yeah. and things like yeah. that. You know, not necessarily like copying them, but lyric no, content. No, I got what you're saying. Yeah, the well, so being being older than you, like when I was in high school, it was Ice T and Body Count, Cop Killer, and 
in in NWA. Yes, because I was uh, a I was probably in elementary school or somewhere around there when that became a big thing. You're more yeah. of my sister's age, right? Who was into yeah. Ice T and Public Stick Enemy, Dog yeah. and stuff like that. So I kind of caught glimpses of the whole controversy around that and stuff and how. Well, in those those years of where it was pivotal, it it pivoted from. Like Yo MTV Raps and BET and Rap City and stuff, and, and then like the Source and Vibe, the magazines like Rap Pages and stuff, being some of the main outlets to push hip hop. There was a lot of political and socially conscious hip hop, which a lot of people call woke now. But but, but before it, it became commercialized, right? And then I think the Chronic, uh, Dre and Snoop with the Chronic and Doggy Style and some of those albums like Warren G and stuff changed the sound where that G funk in in that rate pop radio or top forty radio started accepting harder edged hip hop and it, and it kind of shifted. Um, yeah, because like we had X Clan, uh, Intelligent Hoodlum, Cam. I mean, the, there was a lot of socially conscious hip hop, and then. There still is, but but it, like your Immortal Techniques and stuff, but it it's it's more on that underground touring circuit. If you don't know Immortal Technique, go look him up. Uh, Revolutionary Volume Two is probably one of his best albums. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. he's an amazing underground artist. If you guys have no idea who he is, yeah, I had the pleasure. Of, it was. Uh, do you remember Pumpkinhead? Yes. Pumpkinhead and Immortal Technique, I believe, were putting a tour together. I had the pleasure of talking to him on the phone years ago. In uh, R.I.P. Pumpkinhead uh, passed a few years ago, but the uh, yeah that 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 underground scene it's still there. It kind of you know like like your like Necro and Ill Bill and the nonfiction guys and and obviously Cage, uh, High and Mighty. That whole there was the Rockus Records and there was Easter Conference Records and uh, Death Jux like Company Flow, which you know LPs now and Run the Jewels. But it's been fun watching that transform in there being those players who still, uh, like Vinnie Paz and stuff, like that still tour and, and do stuff underground with, you know, with, uh, with streaming, that's helped, you know, the, the underground can move in more places now, but it's still kind of cool to see those, those uh, Mad Child's another example. It's cool seeing the, uh, those artists still out there doing First that. noise wave cassette I had was an old Grateful Dead cassette of my dad's that we put tape over and recorded <laughs> noise wave on. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's how we used to get our underground music we, back in the day. Yeah, guys. yeah, put the scotch tape over the yep, hole so that, you could record. I was not um, <laughs> affluent enough to have a CD player, so we didn't get burnt CDs. We literally got... And, and, and half the time we couldn't afford blank cassettes, so my dad, when he would go through his CDs and pop it in, and it'd be like, the uninvited's <laughs> way too high for the supermarket, he would be so mad. What in the hell is, you know, um, again, he'd pop it on and Lunchbox Benny would pop on, thinking it was going to be Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World. Oh and man, that's he would, rough. He would just go live it on us. So back in the late 80s, going back to NWA and Easy e I had a... Uh, we, we would call it a dub tape or, you know, the, we'd make pause mixes where you would play a little bit and then you'd pause it and then play a little bit of a beat or, or somebody else's record. But but we would, with mixtapes and just even albums, 
we would have dubs of dubs because the radios, the boom, boom boxes would have two tape decks and you could put one in and you could high speed dub it and it would sound like the chipmunks. So anyway, I remember being on a church youth group trip with Easy es album, Easy Does It. It was a, it was a cassette, but it was a copy of a copy of a copy and it was like real hissy. And uh, I was, you Sam know, I was, Roca's, uh interview that his he talks about like <laughs> recording from a cassette to another cassette to another cassette where yeah. he was mailing cassettes back and forth and recording off the same shit that's the hiss they complain about guys when you guys complain your mp3 won't format with your wave whole different oh, complaints oh, it's just amazing like you know fast forward to when napster came out in uh in the in the 2000s the uh because that was that was early 2000s ish 99 2000s yeah the, uh, and then LimeWire and stuff, like, that was just amazing, like, how fast you could send tracks. And even then, you waited six hours to download one song, guys. Well, do you remember the first burners, where it would burn it in real time? So, like, you get 80 minutes of music, typically, not in MP3 format on a CD. So, like, like, like that's why Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusions, it was two, like, 74-minute disc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, on the blank ones... You know, it was 74 to 80 minutes, but it would burn in real time, so it would take like an hour and a half to burn a CD. Yep. And then they had like the four-time burners, 16-time burners. Then they had it, so it was just and like... And then you have your computers that weren't smart enough to tell you the CD was bigger than the one you were burning on and stop burning it halfway through a song and you and put it And it's wasted. In. Yeah, you're like, that's a dollar something, you dicks, because you can buy like five for like... Ten bucks. Where, yeah, you go to like Best Buy and get a spindle of verbatim brand. Yeah, for a uh, hundred for like fifty bucks or yeah. something. Yeah, that was good stuff. Them are, them are the old days, guys. You know, thank Merch by Marcus for making it easy for you guys for dollar seventy five yeah, a copy. You know, like drama and all them guys. Thank you for making it so much easier on these guys. It is cool. Like I saw uh, uh, Jesse. See, didn't I see it in here? Mumbles. Yeah, mumbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a couple other guys, like, like uh, Marcus did that, that one. Marcus did almost that entire board, bro. Split oh, C's, uh, C10. But it's cool seeing the guys doing the, uh, uh, guys and gals doing the short run. Yeah, Juju, C10, you're right. Um, doing the short run Drama's CDs. done some up there, and some of them are dramas. Some are uh, Sam's short runs. Oh, nice, runs. yeah. Uh, yeah that drama does that offensive too. was done entirely by Sam. Nice. You know, so there's, yeah. there's, like, uh, Bobo, keychains, yep, drama, That's dope. drama was doing keychains, so is, um, Merch by Marcus. Yeah. Nice. Had, yeah, drama's got back from tour, I know this airs in yep. the future, but. His episode yeah. dropped, Tilly's episode dropped, him and Tilly just come back from the astronaut. Uh, astronauts, astronauts that's dope. Looked yeah. like they had a hell of a good time on that. <laughs> yeah. A little too much fun, you Visiting legal states, dicks. <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. I actually talked to AJ on the phone yesterday for a minute. Yeah, AJ the Dread. Yep. Big, sh big shout out to, to all the artists we're name dropping and all the artists on the wall. That's and the just whole... the scene in general, the Midwest scene. The... It's it's an amazing thing. I really yeah. like it. It's it's growing tremendously. And just the amount of support here is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody here tends to be really supportive of each other. Yeah. And basically, they just all want to see each other grow. Um, so then, let's let's go back to when you first started recording music, like not the mixtapes, the like the cassette, but pause like mixes, on on like, like vocals, professional 
equipment, kind of. Oh, okay. Because I know 90s? not everybody had like went and paid for like a professional studio, but where you decided? Because well, yeah, and I started like karaoke and then graduated to, like, like four track Tascam. Where like, back it, to Mr. Roca or Mr. Roca and his recording in a karaoke machine with a broken end of a telephone <laughs> telephone receiver. He was oh, that had the super. He was wrapping it into a telephone receiver. <laughs> That's super red. You know, yeah, like, we used to wrap some of the old Sony headphones. It would go both ways, the signal, so you could use like a head wrapping in the headphones. Oh man, that's super hip hop. The uh, uh, I remember ordering my first set of turntables. It would have been ninety three. Um, they were Gemini. The mixer was like nineteen inches, but it seemed like it was it was just like like the crossfader. Like now with like Newmark and Rain and Pioneer and stuff, everything's real neat. And uh, obviously DJs use Serato. And Traxster and virtual DJ and stuff, but it, it, it used to be a lot of equipment. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Now half the time they show it with a laptop and maybe a little boot box on the side. Yeah, and, you know? and, and, and to each his own. There's different different styles of doing that. The uh, but to answer your question about recording, I remember Bob Besta, R.I.P. He, uh, he had a uh, was it eight? No, was it real? He had reel to reel, and then he also had like. I remember going recorded with him and then uh, E-Babs, Eric, uh, Big Mrs. DJ, who had the ADAT. It looked like a, v a VCR tape, a VHS tape, but it would record. So we did that, and then we, the the uh, albums we were talking about earlier, like Infernal Racket, Community Standards, um, Infernal Racket's right there on the wall, but uh, a lot of those we did at Digital Age, um, and that was that was that was super professional. Like it, you know, we get the masters on that, or and then a mastered burn copy on disc. But anyway, I'm kind of going all over the board. Yeah, recording professionally was important, and then like spending time mixing it. <laughs> I don't think I even have one of those. That's dope. Red tape bet. That's 1997. So that one we did ourselves. Uh, squid, open. squid and AP and I. 1997, guys. <laughs> now that's AP on the front. Rowdy, Rowdy Jesus. When he was handsome, my brother. He's still handsome. The uh, yeah, that one we recorded on a four-track Tascam, and then we sent it to disc makers. Still, they're still around. They're a uh, duplication and replication house. Um, actually, I, I I had heard of them because Bloodhound Gang pressed their first demo using disc makers and I saw on the back of, of of either their demo or their like not they weren't signed yet is what it was it was like an EP or something see but. how old school he gets an unsigned bloodhound gig Holy so shit. I remember seeing that they they had their disc pressed up from disc makers so um and then I had a buddy who uh MCAK he had used disc makers so we started using disc makers to press them in in so what I'm getting at is whether it was because they did. We've done cassettes, records, uh, DVDs, VHS tapes, and CDs over the years. But you would have to order so many copies to even get it. You couldn't do like, you know, ten or twenty runs. You would have to get like thousands. So you had to hustle them. You had to. Now, granted, because you know streaming wasn't YouTube and in Spotify and iTunes Piracy around yet. wasn't so high no no like people wanted a physical copy cuz they would keep that 
the CD thing up their visor. Remember the ones yeah, in the yeah, visor yeah. and you'd put some CDs or those big booklets that way? The ones that scratch the fuck out of your CDs and had caused you to replace every one of them? Yeah, so I people, remember them. People wanted hard copies. Yeah. So Flipping through like, the books. Stay off your phone while you're driving. Meanwhile, back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so like a run Just of, to hear one a, song. Right. No, no, it would. It would be like, or like on tape, but even before that, you'd have to rewind. So... When I was little, little, my dad had an eight, eight track tapes. Those took forever to get because you would there was only four channels or something. Yep. Or yeah, I guess eight. Four like, on each side. Yeah, yeah. And hence eight. Put four and you flip it and it'd be. Four and on it the would be side. like. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's just amazing. I guess I'm infatuated with the technology of it and how it affects the local artists in the independent artists and stuff. Um, nowadays, I think streaming has made it a lot easier for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you guys again get hooked on having a hometown fan base, and just so you know, sometimes Omaha has a. They showed Garth Brooks love with ninety six thousand of them fucking idiots, and yet five went to a local show that night. So, don't get your hopes up on hometown support too high, because uh, they'd rather go see a fucking shitty country singer that didn't even give us Miley Cyrus. Like, if it was Billy Ray, I could defend him because at least Miley got naked on a wrecking ball. But it's fucking Garth Brooks, bro. The only good thing he did, again, smoke break covered in my backyard and did better. Surreal was there. I was there. That was a fun, that was a fun event. The hey, uh, You want to know how awesome Surreal is? <laughs> he just randomly showed up to hang out at my 13th wedding anniversary renewal of the vows. Oh, yeah. He wanted was to come the... out. And show support and have fun, and he came out, drank some beers, listened to some music, and just had a good time. I think somebody slid me some gummies that were (laughs) not Brock's candy. Oh, man. It might have been a really fun night. (sighs) But, yeah, the... uh... Where were we going with this? Yeah, I don't. I don't have so much animosity towards Garth Brooks personally, but if that's where we're at in the interview, I'm cool with it. The uh... yeah, the local scene streaming and it's good just seeing everybody working on music, putting music out, booking shows. Um, The venues are great around here. That's you know, yeah, there's shows where there's five, six people, and there's shows where there's hundreds, and there's shows where there's thousands, but. Um, but don't still, let the numbers get to you. <laughs> right, yeah, don't don't get too hung up on that. It is a numbers game from the business side. From the artistic side, you know, just keep working on uh, your craft, designing new merch, uh, working on new beats. Let's get back to that point where he just said designing new merch. This guy <laughs> could tell you a thing or two about where merch will get you in this business. It's It's a very important tool for you guys. It's yeah. not just a way for you to earn a little extra money and reinvest back into your art and your craft and your business, but it's a great way for me to be able to advertise you, for your fans to be able to advertise you guys. Like, yeah, look at all this stuff just in here. I mean, you go and take a look at the back of my car, and it's filled with stickers. Yeah, I got like is. five surreal stickers on the back of my car because he has that many stickers the, the, out. The logo, the logo is important because even if you think of like your bigger artists, like. Like corn is known for that backwards R. The backwards R, M and M with the backwards E. I mean, that's coincidence. Maybe that they're both backwards, but, but, but. I mean, the art man with the insane. Class. Yeah, that's a great example. That's I mean, everybody. Strange music with the. You know, uh, Marilyn Manson with his lightning bolt thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, everybody has a bit of a logo. I mean, it's not just their name. You know, some of you guys. 
can kind of upgrade that a bit. You know, hook up with uh, Merch by Marcus. Hook up with Drama the yeah. Artist. Hook up with, you know, any one of these guys. They'll, they'll, Sam Roca, Surreal, he'll point you in the right direction where somebody will do it for you. You know, maybe not necessarily free because everybody's time's worth money, guys, but they'll do it. And a, a, a logo goes a long way. You know, looking around the room, there are a lot of cool logos. The, um, I mean, yeah, you can put it on Black your... Market Warriors and, I mean, Comatose, Kid Corduroy, Hellfire, Holographic Music, Nappy Face, they well, all. Right, and, a and, and like. a long way. Yeah, and, and even with emojis being used a lot on social media, you know, like Jay Influential has the wolf or like Snake, uh, uh, Lucci out of Des Moines has, you know, you can use a snake. And you know who we're talking about because of the... Back to Comatose with the pumpkin or Mr. Gates and the ghost, you know? Yeah, you, good you, examples. It's, even if it's not necessarily a personally designed, it's a little bit of a gimmick. And I'm not saying ghost star, uh, um, a fucking psychopathic circus and stuff, guys, but... No, I mean, know, kind of everybody has mar- their own lane. Market a bit of a gimmick to yourself, you know? At least get... Yeah, or a, tra- a gimmick or, or, or a something trademark. that represents you artistically, visually. And I, yeah, some people, and the word, I agree with what you're saying. I know some people don't like the word gimmick because sometimes when you say gimmick, they're thinking of like, remember when Criss Cross wore their jeans and they're yeah, backwards? Some people associate gimmick with that. And and you're using it more, you're using it in the lane of gimmick, meaning like a branding. Or, yeah, a visual representation yeah. of your art that instills us to want to listen to it. Yeah, and wear the t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, yeah well, when I see somebody's shirt... It makes me think, man, maybe. And, and again, that's just me, guys. That's not everybody in the world. But listen, you only want to find the 5% of me in this world, and you you can go forever off your art. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. I mean, <laughs> unless you really want to get into the commercial side, you really need to tap into the 5% that's going to support the hell out of you. Because that 5% will take you places. Yeah, there, there's, you know, your core fan base is, is a good place. There's so many different types of, uh, there's so many kinds of, uh, I can't even talk, genres and avenues, and it's kind of almost endless with the internet. And I'm telling you, there's there's a fan out there for everybody. There's a super fan for every single person that creates music. You guys just got to find them. It's, um, Gabe, Day- I may knows. not like all of, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Daisy down there sleeping. I may not like all of your guys' music, but trust me, I share the hell out of it because somebody else out there might like it. And yeah, I, that's that's a good way of looking at it. And, and I mean, to be honest, whether you're independent or national or or in, in your mom's basement or whatever level you're at, you you know, not everybody's going to like every one of your songs. That seems like an obvious thing, but, but you know, just keep writing, keep recording, keep uh, working on And don't throw art. it away. Bring it back up two, three years later and let Surreal listen to it. And he says, hey, man, if we just add this in there and tweak this, you know how much... And then, boom, it turns into fire. Yeah, I like that. You know, so so a- we were, we brought up Sam a few times in, in super mad respect and love to Sam and all his projects. Uh, he, he Over the years, he's, he's a great asset to the community. He and I do not agree on this, though. I, <laughs> not, not like it's, it's not a strong disagreement, but... The other day we were talking about or posting about, I actually kind of like going back and listening to like low budget demos. And maybe I'm wording this wrong, but but Sam, like, Sam likes the real, like, like yeah, Sam likes Underground. 
But I like like the real underground, and we were talking about how sonically some of that stuff turns like, him off. I like basement tapes, is what well, I was calling yeah, them. Where yeah, basement tapes. Where they're the first edit, just a complete rough draft, rough cut of something, and then maybe four or five years later, ten years later, they re-release a song completely right. upgraded. I like listening to the difference, and then when you listen to their music, that's exactly what it is. The, the, the progression. Of, yes. I even though like this. <laughs> I once in a while like listening to finding tapes like at the Goodwill with somebody like screaming on it or um like like just like taking a needle and scratch like complete abstract noise. Like I actually enjoy that. If you it. don't have Surreal on Facebook and see some of the and I'm I'm gonna say it, some of the weird, goofy, abstract shit he finds at these record store and posts, oh look what I scored today and you're like Dude, what the? Like that's a fucking nineteen seventy seven funk record that okay nobody's ever I'm heard. Not, I've never I've never posted this. I've never told anybody this, but when I go to the used vinyl in CD shops, um, we got a lot of cool ones around here. You know, Homer's, Canesville Collectibles, uh, the the uh, the uh, recycled sounds. The uh, I this I'm gonna say this, but this is, it might not work for everybody. So. If it smells bad, I'll buy it. Like, not if it doesn't smell bad, doesn't mean I won't buy it. Like a lot of there's certain labels like Ruthless Records or Def Jam where if you find it, you're like, this is probably gonna be worth checking out. So guys. But if it's if you like tapes, if it has a certain smell, I'm like, oh, that record's gonna be funky because it, I mean it literally stinks, so I know there's something good sounding on it. Either he's on some real good shit, <laughs> or you just found out firsthand. <laughs> You can smell music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so so back in the day, like tapes, certain record labels like Capital and EMI, which had the same distribution, the uh, they smelled a certain way, brand new, like out out of the out of the yeah rapper. yeah yeah. But I don't know if it's because that it ages or if it's just the mold and mildew from like sitting in somebody's basement. But there's these certain smells you like. It doesn't smell like somebody's feet necessarily. No, I but there's certain smells I, in whether it's record or tape or CDs, not so much. But I'm a big hound for finding my favorite books first pressings. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when I buy them, if they don't have that old book, oh, smell book, to books them, definitely have a smell. Yeah, I won't buy it. Like if it smells <laughs> too new for a foot, first press, it smells like an airport. You're yeah, like, no. I'm like, bro, you kept this in the eight. Like, I want something with a little history in it. Like, I need some <laughs> fingerprints on it. Like, I don't know. I get so I totally understand this. The, how the smell will attract <laughs> you to buying it. It's just that old kind of musty smell makes you like, just got some history. That got to be good. This, yeah, the dude played it a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple smudges on Well, and with records, sometimes they'll have the BPM, the beats per minute, written on there, like 98 beats per minute from the DJ. And I actually know about six or seven of the DJs in Omaha's handwriting so, from buying their old records. That's cool. Yeah, that it is kind of cool. It's something that's kind of nerdy or something where most people would be like, what are you even talking about? But, but yeah, I can go to a record store, and if I see... Um, a certain genre, I already know which DJs are probably going to be the ones that trade that in. And a lot of them traded them in because they've upgraded their systems. They don't spin vinyl anymore. So, but yeah, you'll book like EDM and hip hop and, and R&B and stuff. You'll see like a Sharpie with like 96 beat per minute. And they'll be like, oh, that's DJ so-and-so. I know his writing. That's awesome. See, the dude is a walking Omaha history. Like, 
<laughs> you guys wanted to know about some old school guys that you're just like, oh, what was this guy about? What was he doing? Message Surreal. He'll get back to you. He may not be. Yeah, no, I, I totally he's try a, to get back to he's everybody. He's a busy man, but trust me, this guy will give you his attention when, when he has his time. He Yet, uh, Zach Surreal at gmail.com. Z A C H S U R R E A L at gmail.com. You can email me there. Uh, Facebook. It's just Surreal the MC on Facebook. I think it's Zach Surreal on Instagram, but but you can email me or, or message me. And then Zach Surreal Hennings is my main Facebook too. So yeah, if you guys send me a message, I, I get a lot, a lot of messages throughout the week, but I try to, to try to reply to all of them, whether it's about booking a show or if you need a DJ for an event or whatever. You just are like, hey, uh, lately I've been getting a lot of requests for... Uh, doing guest vocals and stuff and, and and yeah we can make that happen we can go to the studio and work on a song well, this dude loves or just say hi or tell me and your favorite of that, flavor so, of candy bar so noise wave does make some reunion shows and stuff coming back yeah um, yeah after this or before this airs you're doing the ouija max show well, yeah nice enough ouija max show that that will have already happened october 17th in benson at the reverb and yeah, i'm super pumped his stuff's crazy i love it I'm not the biggest Ouija Mac fan. Don't get me wrong, guys. I get it. He's the new age psychopathic, and like yeah. he's literally holding that whole company right now because he's the biggest draw on there. And yeah, he that, and yeah, it's man. amazing. And again, not everybody's my cup of tea. You know what I mean? But the, that show itself is drawing five guys that I want to go see. So I yeah. guess I'm going to that show, aren't I? Because guess what? The the wonderful guys that are. Tattooed above my ass here are uh, yeah. playing that show. Kid Corduroy, um, the Outlaws. We had two strikes on here. I mean, there's there's quite a few good opening acts on that show. So even if you don't like Ouija Mac, you have great fucking openers on that. And if you miss Noise yeah, Wave, it's gonna you deserve to get deep. punched in the balls. But but like I like this will have this will air after that show. But definitely uh, smoke break. Check out the. The artist he's talking about. Like, there's... Really what, what's the laundromat thing? I'm, like, totally infatuated with... So like, they, I know they did the video, but that, so before they, the video, they hang... Do they literally hang out and do laundry together? I don't... Yeah, they live in the same apartment Yeah, that I'm together, aware of, but... And Morgan wasn't really used to doing laundry by himself, so now they made it a <laughs> friendship thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And it's every two, so many days they're then, doing laundry. I'm like, wait Then two at the laundromat's the most beautiful thing. Two, there's nothing wrong with two buddies washing their underwear together. <laughs> I suppose not. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. like you want me to start your boxers for you? Like, there you go. That's friendship, guys. You can learn something well, from that. The recent thing is they were mad. Mike was mad because the pop, the soda machine wasn't working. Um, I don't know. It's 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 this whole thing. Like I, they could the, totally run with this. It's and they got a music video called Antisocial yeah. on YouTube <laughs> on the Cutthroat page. Go run that up. Um, the, classic, fun, the funniest part is, is they hit the freaking Coke machine and a Pepsi comes out. <laughs> oh, that's what he was saying. My favorite Pepsi machine with Coca-Cola. I, yep. Okay. It was great. It just made me chuckle and laugh. I thought that was the best. So go run that video up. Them guys are amazing. Yeah, um, I love it. So then Noise Wave comes back together for reunions, so we don't get them that often. But Surreal still dirt, sticking his dirty little fingers in people's work. Um... The one only vinyl I've actually ever purchased for myself <laughs> happens to be local vinyl that Surreal was very instrumental instrumental in getting put together. Um, yeah. We got Big Mista. 
Bacon the Small Town General, Kid Corduroy, Maddox, M3, you. Dirty Handsome. Dirty right. Handsome. And, and then Sam mastered it. And so a lot of people involved. Props to everybody he mentioned. Little Dirty Sam Roca's fingers were on this. So that's about, what, eight people? Yeah. Eight local guys on one little vinyl that 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever it was, supported <laughs> a handful of artists. Yeah, they, it was fun doing that. I, I, this was a 7-inch record. Um, Noiseway put out a 12-inch single. And then Buck Bowen and I, a few years ago, put out a 12-inch EP. So this would be my third vinyl release. It's just what I was hoping to do was to get on a schedule with doing a, like four a year, like every quarter putting out vinyl. And then I know it's kind of cliche to blame everything on COVID, but COVID kind of screwed some sh derailed that a little bit. But Production hopefully, is definitely being held up by that crap. Yeah, but hopefully get back on track to put out four uh, vinyl releases a year. In fact, if you have anything that you'd be interested in, in submitting, uh, once again, zaxrill at gmail.com. You could submit At tracks. the back of the intro, I will make sure that oh, his yeah. email and info is on there so you can pause in the first minute of this video and yeah, get all that information. Because dead serious, when he says submit it, he's not one of them guys that are going to BS you. And be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to gas you up until you give me this. And no, I'm going to check it out. And, and then anything we release on, on vinyl or whatever, you, uh, you keep your publishing, you know, whether you're re registered with BMI or ASCAP or Seesaw or, uh, you know, you do it, do it completely independently. I don't take any rights or publishing monies from you. I just am pressing records. So. He just is here to help. <laughs> you know, he, he spent a lot of days putting cocaine and rapping about killing cops up his nose. He's making amends for it, guys. So help him make amends. Something like that. Keep and, that balance. And pump his email full of good vibes and good shit. Yeah, so that's that, for sure. Yeah. So that he can keep on a positive track. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be hip-hop. Uh, that's the genre I work with the most. But if you got some funky noise stuff, if you maybe we should make a record that smells so like... Like a scratch and sniff record. Like the old Nickelodeon stuff, the Smell-O-Vision. Totally. Oh, nice. Wait, yeah. Marcus, Caleb, get on some scratch and sniffs. We, we need that technology from our local guys so we can make an all-local scratch and sniff. Yeah. Scratch and sniff record. Get it? You know, for the DJs, scratch and sniff. Oh. Totally. <laughs> That was fucking awesome. I don't care. That's why maybe I should be a rapper for them kind of word plays. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But, and, and again, guys, Surreal does so much for this scene. No, I appreciate like it. I said, there's just eight or nine local guys involved on this little seven-inch EP that's just a fun piece of, remember, I don't own a record player. I've never listened to it. I can find the songs on Spotify and Amazon and all that, but that's not the point of whether or not I play it. It's the point of whether or not... I enjoy it, you know, and that's when they say, hey, does this bring you joy? Do you need to buy it? Fuck yeah, it brought eight other people joy too, knowing they sold one of their records, you know? Yeah. And, and the best part is, is I know several of these guys, it's their first vinyl they were ever on. You know what? Marcus made these labels too, so it'd be nine. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out Dupree. I forgot I he told me that the other day. Dupree did make the labels. See? So, and it's, yeah. again, Sam may not have been rapping 
or... No, but he mastered the songs. Mastering's where you get the levels to where they need to be. So, like, side A and side B are at the same level, or all the songs on a CD are the same. Uh, so when Psalm 1 plays, it doesn't play at a higher volume than Psalm 2, guys. That's... Yeah, and that's not even necessarily true, because back in the day, you used to master CDs where, like, Song 12 would be a little bit louder than Song 1, so they'd eventually go, but that that's a whole different... That's a crescendo. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different discussion, but mastering compresses it and makes sure it's basically so if you listen to the music in a car or on a boombox or on the headphones it's where it needs to be in all situations that's kind of a layman's term but it makes it sound better and i guarantee you that's not as easy as you think no no it's a certain takes a certain ear to do that and certain people have no don't don't even care what your music is but imagine how many times they got to listen to your fucking song when they do that to pay them what they're worth. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of been a theme all week with video stuff. Well, and then like, so mixing a you know mixing a record, mixing's where you make sure like the drums are here, and, and like rapper ones here, rapper ones hypes are here. Yep. So everything on that record, on that track, sounds where it needs to be, and then mastering takes that overall. It formats. It. Yeah. It. it kind of an eq it's in that world but it's but it's different but um that's why yeah. on a lot of these guys famous records you see 1700 people underneath them credit list you know because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's very hard to be a jack of all trades when it yeah comes a lot to of a lot of the mainstream artists have an engineer who's you know pushing the knobs again and then they have they look have at a, independent artists um i can name spose and megaran bag of tricks cat whitney payton ton of them that you would think, oh, they do all their own shit, and then you come and find out that they have eight other guys pressing buttons <laughs> for them too. Because sometimes people have a better ear than you. Oh, that's for sure. That goes with the cliche. You know, like you're your worst critic. So sometimes it's best if you just do, you know, your vocals or maybe your little bit of instrumental. Step back and let somebody else work it into the magic it needs to be. Yeah. The uh, I like to. Uh, re-emphasize or reiterate that the community of, of everybody's local and regional music scenes like there's the artists who who designed the merch there's the the uh the people who designed the flyers and the posters and the, the album covers and hey party fell and, and and you know the, the engineers you got your sound guys at shows you got your djs your producers and it is a collective you know the fans the, the people who work uh, the venues, the, the booking agents, and, the, you know, your bartenders. It's just from the live show to the studio, just, you know, the podcast. Um, it's a community in, 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 in keeping some of that money local. Local meaning, like, regional. Local for the scenes, too, but, but, but regional as far as, like, trading shows. With Sioux Falls or Sioux City or Des Moines or Kansas, Kansas City, City, you know, wherever. It's not necessarily even, I, I don't mean to make it sound like the Midwest versus everybody else, but but there's those, some states are so big like California or Texas where you can literally tour for quite a while in just those states. In the yep. Midwest, the, the markets are a little more spread out, so you're going to spend a little more on gas getting your van from... Uh, market A it, to market B, but it's I, hard to hit two venues, two separate nights in Omaha, and get to say different people. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that like that's you can go to too, L.A. But... and hit three venues Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all three venues get completely different crowds every time. You know. Yeah, cities. It, it's some of those markets just because of pure size. Yep. And then some of it is, you know, like you got your like your your Vegas or something. Or where go it's, to like it's an Memphis and San Antonio, yeah, where they're example. where they're music capitals. Austin. Then, yeah. Then you can go to a couple venues every other day and still get good crowds. You know, yeah. we, we don't. We're not a music capital here. We don't have a walk around and you see. No, I mean the indie rock scene was. Was for a while, it might still be, um, but you're right. It's and where I was going with it too is and just that's more to, of our our city itself not developing that. You know, like that. Omaha could have such a better if if they did open containers where you can go through entertainment <laughs> districts. Like yeah, what, that would probably change. Well, it. that's the big. I I don't drink and I'm not a big supporter of it, but I know that's a big driving market behind. Concerts, venues, and shows is alcohol sales. That's just yeah, the driving no, market in America. True. Like yeah. everywhere you go, you go to a college fucking football game and they're selling alcohol and the kids playing on the field can't even drink it. You know that's what I mean? True. That's just the driving force. So if Omaha had one of the entertainment districts where then we would allow different venues. See, Omaha makes a big deal about whether or not a venue has a show because Omaha has the. They, they equivalent. They're so racist in this town, and they're against a lot of the hip-hop and local music scene like that, that they're afraid, oh, it causes violence, and that's not true. And I think that's one of the reasons why downtown has such a horrible music scene when it should have a vibrant music scene. Yeah, that might be. I haven't, I mean, obviously, segregation and racism, you know, that aspect's completely horrible. Um, as far as like specifically downtown, um, they, I never really sat and thought about it from that angle, but but I'm not necessarily disagreeing. The uh, to backtrack, my, I was I was more my energy was more on encouraging people to keep networking. But but as far as what you're saying, now I know the Astro they just broke ground. Is it around Papillion La Vista? The Astro is going to be that amphitheater that has yeah, yeah. indoor outdoor one um, percent. Productions who owns Reverb and uh, they got Sokol now too, don't they? Yeah, that's going to be the Admiral. That actually opens March twenty-two, and then that, the Astro, which is one percent in Mammoth, and I think the city of La Vista, um, that opens in twenty-three, I believe. And, and those those uh, those venues will bring uh, more culture and more music, more art. To, to those regions uh, and I know Benson Theater is going over some remodeling in Benson and Benson's pretty good hot spot for artists so. like see if Omaha had jumped on during four winds yeah and allowed walking between the bars with drinks and whatnot during that event oh I see what you're talking that yeah. would have drove more people there that's what I mean I see what you're talking about. you're talking about like the liquor license uh, like discrepancies yeah, or like well, because when you go to OEAs San Antonio would do. and you go to Austin, they allow that in them cities. Not not yeah. everywhere are you allowed an open container. Milwaukee's another city that has a decent music scene, where that's one of the driving forces is yeah. being allowed to walk between different. Because see, here's the problem with Omaha: a lot of venues have a no reentry policy. That kills it if you're trying to do multiple mm. venues. That that is, I 100 like, percent agree you, that you that can book three shows that. on the same night. Right next to each other, if you allowed patrons to walk between them. 
No, that's true. You're right. I've had the pleasure of... Because to me, some of that's been my funnest time watching local talent in these out-of-town trips. Where you can I've kind done, of bob and weave. Where I can come in and check out different ones. Because again, not every one of your music is mine. So if I'm not digging your set and I can go to the bar next door and catch another set of somebody else... Yeah. And then go to a different bar or venue and catch another set all within walking distance. That yeah, that would, would be cool. Not right. not only would that drive our music and art scene, because then you can do, like when Benson does, because they do the Benson art crawl. Yeah. You know, so I don't throw in bands here or there and do that more often. We don't do that enough. That's huh, where yeah. Omaha lacks it. There's not, that should be an every other weekend thing in Omaha and like make it more of a central, like not centralized, but like a melding pot. Yeah. In the in the different. Outlets. Instead of oh, we got, you know, and then basically, like I said, if if people have a hard time seeing the segregation in that, there's total exclusions when they do. Th now, if you put them all together as one, guess what? You're just showing exactly what Omaha is—a melting pot. Yeah, it would be cool to. I've had the pleasure to do music uh, down in Austin for South by Southwest and then uh, Milwaukee. I've, I've done a, quite a few shows up there. And it is those those places where you can like walk into a reggae show and then maybe a country show or a jazz yes. show. Like literally. Within blocks of each other. Yeah, that is kind of fun. I mean, not kind of fun. It's super fun in... in, in and it, it just, you're kind of bobbing and weaving. Be well, and it around. just gets everybody together. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's the demographics there are so amazing because you're just like, dude, I see everybody under the sun here. Yeah. And that's what I yeah. like. And, and and again, it gives people that maybe they thought they were only into reggae and then they hear this hip-hop artist that likes AJ the Dread or something, you know, where he got some real heavy reggae influence and you're like, oh, not all hip-hop's about Crack Gat and Hennessy's, you know? like <laughs> That's the kind I like. Well, I know, you but... You say Crack Gat and Hennessy's? I like yeah. that. No. No, I see where no, but I, I'm being facetious, I mean. but I see what you're saying. Yeah, the uh, I think that'd just be cool if Omaha had had something like that, and I think that would really drive it a lot. Cause yeah, cause again, I see I see too many different camps too. In 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 pause, sh uh, shout outs to Culture House and Marcy, cause uh, you've been in there yet? Uh uh yeah, that's a dope spot. That was um, yeah. North thirtieth thirtieth. Yeah yeah yep. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. I've seen a couple artists were doing. There's a twenty twenty fourth. Maybe it's 24th. Yeah, yeah. I, think I know they moved, but... Uh, Lake or something, close to Lake? Yeah, in that, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I did a bunch of uh, park benches down there. I had to sandblast and paint. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. When they were yeah. uh, getting that all ready. But I've seen a bunch of guys hit that up, too, so it seems like a real dope place. Yeah, um, yeah, They is. just... What was it? Um, Labor Day weekend they had some... Yeah, Labor Day and then Juneteenth, uh, a, a big day yep. here in Omaha, the birthplace of Malcolm X, and there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of spots. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to consider like having more of a centralized, uh, maybe website to kind of promote. Because I know the. By people... the way, it is getting developed. Oh, okay. The uh, you know, there, the, I noticed there's people as much promotion as some of the some of us promoters do. Like people will be like, "Oh, I didn't know that was going on last week," and I would have stopped by and said hi. Or... So my cousin is in the process of developing it right now. Um, I made a post about it, guys. Make sure you DM me, and I will send you the email link to send your um, uh, social links, your website links, and all that too, because the page is just going to basically be a link tree. 
Yeah, okay, one cool. giant link tree to every artist in town. Cool, yeah, that's cool. Because I know there's so many, you know. And I mean, every artist. You ain't got to be rapping hip-hop. I mean, you can be the scabby ghouls. You can be country. I'm putting you on there. Because, yeah. so, again, like, I know some artists that do some sweet tracks with the scabby ghouls. You know what I mean? So it's all about cross-promotion. And it's just showing everybody there. Yeah, they got, like, that rockabilly, psychobilly type of vibe, isn't it? I called it Scooby-Doo punk rock. <laughs> yeah, okay, and they cool. really liked it. Yeah, it's like a surf punk rock kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. And I found out that they actually formed that because their husband and wife and wanted something to do together as a couple. Oh, that's dope! Yeah, and, and them things are you know them are why I love supporting you guys. A lot of you guys are very family oriented. You include your family members, you and your brother. Clearly, yeah. you know, um, there's a lot of <laughs> husband and wife teams that design the merch and stuff like. A lot of the husbands are the artists, and the wife does all of the marketing, basically yeah, their manager and stuff, keep it, keep and that's the family, really yeah. cool. You know, I really enjoy seeing that when you guys work together, and you're building your brand and your label with each other. It, it, it the family in the community stuff makes me think, I think sometimes too, I don't know, hopefully I'm not guilty of this, but we, we, we mentioned the names that play like whether it's a venue name or an artist name or a production company name there's i know sometimes it seems kind of clicky but that's not the case i think there are rather i know like anybody if you feel like oh i'm not getting shows or i'm not getting the open for nationals if, if you feel that way you know once again shoot me a text or hit me up shoot me an email or an im and be like you know just be straightforward with it like you know i feel like you don't have to necessarily say so and so is getting more shows than me. It's not an A versus B thing, but just be like, you know, I I wish I had a little bit more opportunity or this venue. I haven't really been able to get my foot in. Sometimes I can kind of this is that re- make that work out. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes it's just a matter of somebody going earlier in the day when the venue is like stocking shelves and talking to the owner or the promoter or the booking agent this and just making that connection. Don't think a no is in that you know just because one guy told you no. Don't well, mean right. everybody's gonna. It's kind of like that old and, and like Redenbacher where he well, had to go like knock on so many doors with and, his popcorn. And, and they might tell you no because you don't fit the demographic of the show. Well, and you know if you're a yeah. poppy go lucky rapper, they're not gonna throw you on a horrorcore show. You know, it's, yeah, the demographic's got to be there too, guys. And I, I just think like sometimes. You know, like certain people work with certain people because they work and it doesn't mean they're trying to exclude. It's just sometimes we need a reminder. Like there's certain artists who let themselves be known and they go, hey, what's up? Some and they guys, go, they they show up and support. They're in the front row. Like Mumbles is great. Mumbles goes and sees everybody. He travels. Jay Lively is another one that's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, both those guys. Uh, Two Strikes has been, you know. Yeah. Um, Boats. Like, I've seen so many artists go out and, you know, show up to other people's shows. and Yeah. Just, yeah. It, 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 and it puts their face in front of the promoters and the venue owners and the other artists. So when they're going to book shows or maybe send somebody a few hundred bucks for a feature, those names, not only do they have the t-shirts and the logos out there on the internet, um, and the t-shirts physically being worn by, by fans and stuff, but but they're physically out there shaking hands and kissing babies like a politician. So sometimes I, 
I want to, I guess what I'm reiterating or, or trying to convey is that there's not, it's sometimes it seems like favoritism and it's not necessarily that you, you just kick a little harder on that door, knock a little harder on that door and let yourself be known and be like, Hey, I'm interested in getting shows in that really goes a long way. Just showing up. And, the, and, and there's so many promoters in this town. So many promoters. Um, like Juju said, he was having a little hard time getting shows, so he started talking to the venues themselves. Yeah, you know? I see him everywhere. So, I've known him for years. The, uh, um, Yeah, he used to walk up and down the 100 block over at Council Bluffs and do magic tricks for people. Yep. And so people kind of got to know who he was through that. And through and, his uh, magic. You know, and just I, little I would, silly things. I DJ'd at uh, Thunderbolt. The, the bowling alley, and he would show up there. In fact, I worked with Peanut from 311's sister. You, we brought up, you brought up 311 at the beginning of of, 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 of the podcast, and I I, know, I guess I went full circle. I'm, I'm getting off the track Back now. Back to but, 311. Yeah. But, 360 uh, to 311. See so, yeah, how I did that. I like that. Um, Daisy didn't. She frowned at me. She was like, eh. But again, like Surreal said, there's there's ton of options, ton of them, and he is probably one of the best assets you can get in touch with in this town, whether it be getting through somebody for flyers or promotional ideas. Surreal can connect you with the right people, whether it's through finding a reasonably priced studio or a studio with certain equipment. Surreal can point you in the right direction. There's a book called Tipping Point. Excuse me. Uh, there's a book called Tipping Point by uh, Malcolm Gladwell, and it's been out for a number of years. But it's about people who are like connectors and mavens, and it's about people in general, not the music business per se, but but that connect. Uh, people, it's actually about tipping points of things, but it mentions how, as communities and individuals, we work and interact, and, and that's just intriguing to me because you see it. You know, you go to shows and you're like, oh, so and so, or this. The, the record's a great example of that how, uh, you know, these artists are actually they produced it. These guys' this voices on it. This record here is a hundred percent pure example of being symbiotic, not parasitic. Um, a lot of guys don't understand that. Symbiotic is a bunch of parasites that live together as one organism, not feeding off of each other, but feeding each other. Um, there's a big difference, guys. Learn to be symbiotic. Learn to, if your job's to be the head and tell the arms what's in front of it, then tell the arms what's in front of it and let the arms do what the arms do. Um, sometimes we got to step back and realize that some of that stuff works a lot better if we just work together, not against each other. Um, again, that, you, you get so many fingers on every little bit of this that not one guy is taking credit for it. And the fact that every guy gives everybody credit for it is the greatest show of a symbiotic relationship in this scene. And when you realize that the different genres of the people involved in this alone is just unbelievable. I mean, I highly recommend you go check out both of these tracks and just, I challenge you to to realize once you meet the people involved, you're like, holy fuck, is that such a great thing. <laughs> Might not be the world's number one selling record, but just the relationship involved on what it was to make it is a beautiful thing. And when you start to understand that, you start to understand how we make this scene grow and be it, more connected. It kind of makes me think maybe we should collectively go in and buy the laundry mat for Mike and Morgan. 
Let's just purchase the laundromat for them. I'm still charging them to do their laundry, though. <laughs> They're pumping out quarters. You know? As long as, like, it's whatever product's in the soda machine's not what the, the label says. That's, that's, that's the main thing. That's what we got to do. Just, <laughs> just for Mike. That is awesome. That's I awesome. really like that. Um, so, again, guys, we'll uh, trick Cyril into doing our final fun questions here. Awesome. Hit up his email. Three people you can do a collab with. Three people I can do a collab with. Alive or dead. And they don't have to just be like anything. You can have a dude what? as your uh, producer or an engineer. Uh, uh, Butch Vig, the producer slash drummer with garbage and a lot of sub pops. He's the guy who did the boom, shellac lock, boom, house of pain remix. I think he'd be fun to work with. Um, Bobo, the percussionist from the BC Boys and Cypress Hill, he would be fun to do something with. He's got that, that, that Latin percussion, you know, the bongos and the congos and stuff. And, um, is Rip Taylor still alive? <laughs> Going back to Bloodhound Gang, I actually Oh, Bloodhound Gang. But, That's, but uh, I, I, I don't that. know, to narrow it down to three, I just like meeting people in, uh, um, you know, Cindy Lauper. I, for some reason, I feel like Cindy Lauper yes. would be fun to collaborate with. I, for very too bad reasons. Kathy Lou and Bono's not around anymore, because <laughs> then that'd be a badass music video. Yeah, yeah. Cindy, Cindy has that the whole like the music and the wrestling by like 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 this. She's on so just many. a total '80s punk chick. Yeah, I'm telling you. So that would be my three. Yeah, that's dope. Okay, then um, here's one that's going to be really irritated if you had to pick three. Now you get to choose one. Okay. It's a song you're stuck listening to for the rest of your life. Not on repeat, but any time music would play, it's going to be this song. Wow, that's um, Jerusalem by Sleep. It's a whole album that's one song. Holy fuck, that was quick. Yeah, it's it's Stoner Rock, Sleep, Jerusalem. They actually uh, redid it and renamed it Dope Smoker, but it's basically the same structure. So Sleep. Oh. That's awesome. Mine's uh, Flock of Seagulls I ran so far. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm from like, with that. Again, silent fucking Chico. You weren't supposed to make me answer that question. Now I have to answer it every time. <laughs> but mine's... Uh, and I ran... How do you not like that? Like It's very... Yeah, it's thematic. It kind of, it's like soundtracky. Austin Powers had the best joke ever in The Spy That Shagged Me when he's taking the chick back to the future. And she's like, but I don't want to miss the 80s. He's like, there's a flock of seagulls. Oh, and that's it. I forgot that's, about that, but yeah. That's why he said that, because he already knew the greatest <laughs> from the 80s. That's awesome. Then, so my final question. What do you want to do with your music? Seven words or less? Share, influence, inspire, network. And he lives that. <laughs> so, you're already doing that, Surreal. I appreciate you that. You are already doing that. I'd like to say shout out to all the names that we name dropped and then the people involved in the scene that we didn't specifically name drop. Keep doing your thing. Uh, love, respect, just awesome, mad props to you guys. And, and worldwide, I mean, the Milky Way, the universe, if, if you're working on art, music, photography, production, wherever your creative juice uh, flows out of, uh, just keep doing your thing and and keep networking, keep meeting new people and Don't be inspiring. afraid of being told no because somebody's going to tell you yes. Yeah, a lot of doors get slammed in your face, but... You know, that doesn't mean 
you're not worth it. Like, I've been told no on... If I gave up off of the... Every time I was told no on a paint job, I wouldn't be sitting behind this camera and I'd be, you know... Was it... Was it... Was it Pee Wee Herman or somebody that said, uh, to all the little people I stepped on, on my, on my journey to the top, they may now step on me or something. I don't know. I'm not, that's, I'm misquoting it, but. Either way, that's still a good one. You know, like, like, don't, just don't give up, guys. Like, if Zach gave up, he wouldn't be sitting here. That's right. I wouldn't be chilling with Daisy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hanging out on the Mountain Jew Review. And with that, surreal. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being here. I want to yeah, thank thanks you. for having me, Adam. I appreciate. I it. want to thank you for what you do for this scene. Um, you probably hear it a lot, maybe not enough, but everybody here, and and I'm talking to you guys. We all love and appreciate you, and I appreciate that's humbling. Thank, uh, if it wasn't for you, half of these guys probably wouldn't have the encouragement to do what they do. I know you keep a lot of guys going. You keep a lot of guys' faith up there, and. In case you're not told that enough, thank you very much from us, from the oh, scene. I appreciate it. <laughs> we really appreciate you. And Surreal, I'm very proud to announce you are officially <sighs> Tramp Stamp approved. That's Illy. <laughs> Don't forget, go back at the beginning of the video, email him, hit him up. Rock and roll. Thanks for having me, Adam. Love you guys. Peace.